I feel like for like me personally, I've always had the belief that it's like whatever I put my mind to, I can achieve. Now that doesn't mean it's easy. Far from it. Like it's probably <laughs> going to be hard as shit, but like to the point where it's, yo, I really want to do that. Um, I'm going to do it yeah. or at least try my damnedest. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. So I'm like, yeah, probably not going to happen. There's a short stint that I was like, you know what? Like when I really got into basketball, I think I was like a junior and I was like, I really want to, I really want to play basketball and see if I can make it happen. And so I was getting up at like 5 a.m. and going to go I shoot. I remember that. Yeah. And <laughs> I was really like, I'm going to do this. And so you put the work in to make it happen to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm just not that good. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just, it's just not, I'm not the LeBron. Mm-hmm. And I started, maybe if I would have started that when I was eight, mm-hmm. maybe, but since I started when I was 17 and tried to make it happen by 18, it, there's not enough work there when I didn't have that raw talent like innate yeah talent or ability it's fine but i mean it's so that work ethic's always there but i've always had this belief that's whatever you put your mind to you can achieve three two one my guest today on the podcast is returning guest and longtime friend jordan chris on this episode we do this one for the first time remotely all other conversations I've had with Jordan on the podcast have all been in person, but now having adjusted to living in LA just over three weeks at the time of this recording, he has now been fully adjusted to living there, which is to say it's not super different considering the unique situation that 2020 has all given us, but nonetheless, it is different for this podcast. And In that same way, we spend a lot of this time talking about the things that we do in our lives and how they've changed. So we start with football and talking about that aspect of mastery that we see in how football has changed. And from there, we transition to a broader topics of work ethic, mastery, and craft that then transition to our own personal lives and how we embody those things for ourselves. And the biggest one being that because we work remotely now is having transition periods within our days. And we talk about flow state and what we can do to trigger those things in ourselves. And even still, another aspect is that when we feel down about the current situation or or just not wanting to do anything, how that affects our own mental health. And then lastly, but not least, we kind of cover music and the things we miss about music, but also the things that are so unique that music allows people to feel things that they normally don't allow them to feel or being in a live concert and how that's different than just experiencing it through headphones, which is also in a similar way when you go experience live music is somewhat like experiencing a photograph of something rather than being there. It's like we see on Instagram. And so there's all these immersive qualities that we talk about that are really inherent to creativity, but also to the human experience. It's like you have to be a part of it and immerse yourself in things. And as always, my conversations with Jordan Chris are wide ranging and don't let up the gas the entire time. So with that, everyone, please enjoy this conversation with Jordan Chris. Boom. Jordan Chris. What's up? <laughs> All the way from LA. Hey, that's on, that sounds dope. <laughs> I know. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's weird. Dude. I didn't even realize. I guess that makes sense. I didn't realize this was the first like yeah 
one that we did <laughs> virtually. It's dope. This is so cool. It's funny because we've been talking like literally just shooting the shit for like the last hour or so, just warming up like right. we normally do. It's, right. It doesn't really feel like anything different to be totally honest, which is yeah, no, right. so cool to do that. And just yeah. having the, the system set up here so that I can do this and you're getting the Zoom treatment for, for the right. podcast. Thank God. Thank God for Zoom because this would be, I guess we could do it like over the phone, but that'd be weird. Yeah. It's you not the same. I mean? Like it's, yeah. I think having a little bit of camera action and stuff, at least it's something. It's something yeah. better than nothing. Yeah, dude. Outside of that, it's just been terrible outside. Like up until I think today was actually the first day that it was like not smoky. You can go outside. Yeah, like uh was it yesterday? It was a couple of days ago, wasn't it? It was this week. It was this week. I went outside and it was like messing with my asthma. Oh and everything. And I was like, Man, this kind of sucks. But it's good now. Like I finally I was like, Oh, there's this guy. And like last crazy week, man. I think it was last week when I saw all the crazy photos from like Oregon and stuff where it's like orange skies and all that craziness. I was like, What is going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was scary. That's scary. We didn't see that obviously, but I mean she's yeah. scary stuff, man. It's just not what you expect when you think of California. Not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. I know it's, I guess this is the, what do they call it? Fire season? I think. Yeah, it's like the drought season, typically. Yeah. And it was a, literally followed right after that heat wave we had where it was like 110 for a few days. Like literally you went outside and it was like, it was so hot that I felt like my eyes were getting dry. Like, I was like, yo, I don't like how this feels. I don't like that. I've never been that hot where my eyes are dry. Like, like you know what's what going mean? on here? Everyone just keeps, eye- and then it was funny because Alex and I went out to eat and like I was, she went to the bathroom and I was sitting and I was like dripping in sweat and I'm looking around at every, cause I've every, obviously everything's on the patio is COVID. So everyone's sitting outside and the servers are wearing like long sleeve black shirts and jeans and people like sitting next to us are just chilling like fine. And I'm like, dude, I'm dying. <laughs> like, I'm like my shirt soaked. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like we got in the car and I put the AC on full blast and we just sat there for like, 10 minutes. <laughs> You're like I'm looking like, around like, how is this normal for people? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's not okay. You shouldn't be used to that. <laughs> that's crazy. I can't, I'm yeah. like, as you said that, I was like, I can't believe that the servers have to wear long sleeves and pants. I don't think they had to because there was other ones that were wearing like shorts and t-shirts. Okay. Just so I'm like, some of them were. Yeah, you're just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, sounds like a terrible idea. I would have passed out straight up. <laughs> I, out. Like, I don't know how they did it, but props to them. Yeah, more power to you. Unless you're just trying to make yourself comfortable and dying. I, I, don't... I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm glad it's no, it's not ideal circumstances at all but to to get adjusted to a new place <laughs> but i'm glad it's not worse if that makes sense yeah. yeah to be fair i'm complaining it is it's awesome you know what i mean it's awesome out here the weather's weather's like outside of that always been really nice and i see that like in chicago it's starting to cool down yeah it's starting to you hit know, the I 60s mean, yeah so like it's not cold yet but like you can see it getting into becoming fall and out mm-hmm. here it's still, i think it's still like 80 degrees today that's pretty nice so, like the weather's cool and just being out here and like, experiencing different things and stuff and like my brother lives out here yeah so being able to like hang out with him now so like it's i'm complaining but it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's, a re- it's really cool being out here so yeah i totally I get that. that yeah there's always something to complain about right like it's yeah no matter what you no matter where you are how good things could be there's always yeah. reasons to not enjoy it right yeah exactly <laughs> Right before we hit record, we were starting to get into sports since football is officially back. Yeah, and so, sweet too. So I know you're hyped about that, and we were having a conversation about Tom Brady yep. being the GOAT 
and, yep. and how he's just a crazy outlier in general. Nobody anticipated him. And this is his first season that he's not with the Patriots because he's yeah. with the Buccaneers. And yep. so it's what's going on right there with that at least. <laughs> and so I just think it's a really That's cool weird. thing to just talk about it because I know you're a Patriots fan and seeing them yeah. and stuff like that. So wherever you want to go with it, and we'll probably that'll turn into a conversation with mastery yeah. and creativity. <laughs> I'll start. It's weird seeing him not as a Patriot. And it was like, it sucked, but happy for him to follow your own path. If that's what, you know, he believed you needed to do, then cool. I'm still a Patriots fan, but I wish, like, I feel like most Patriot fans wish him success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no, it's not like when LeBron left Cleveland the first time, yeah. no one was burning his jersey. He gave us six championships. Are you mad? <laughs> Let him live. Um, anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just crazy because I remember like the first Super Bowl that I like can remember watching was was the Patriots against the Rams. I don't remember what year that was. I think it was like 2001. We can look that up, but mm-hmm. it was back then. So that's like the first one I really remember watching and being born in California and then moving my family moved back to Chicago. And on top of that, they weren't like the biggest sports fans. So it wasn't like I was in a home that was like Chicago or like mm-hmm. even anything. It wasn't like that. So I didn't have that. So we would just watch the Super Bowl because that was like what you did. Right. <laughs> it was, on, you at watch. least if you're gonna watch any football game, that's the one you watch. That's the one. You know what I mean? So who doesn't watch the Super Bowl? I'm sure some people don't, but even if you've never watched another game, like you probably at least have it on. So we'd hang out, we have our snacks or whatever family comes over and we're watching that game. And I remember just being like, yo, <laughs> these guys are good. I don't know. As young as I was, I was just like, they're good. So ever since then, I was like, that's the team I like. Cause they were good. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't know they were going to become the best, <laughs> but like even better for me <laughs> to be able to root for them. But yeah. it was as I grew older and like figured out who Tom Brady was. Cause I was like, this guy's just good. Like his decision-making and it looks so effortless almost. When you look at it from that point of view, as I got older and looked into him, I'm like, yo, this dude was not supposed to be that. Like he was like, he was projected to be maybe like a bench player. He'd come in when the starter got hurt and then just do his best to not screw everything up. You know what I mean? That's what he was drafted as. Maybe the Patriots saw more in him. Yeah. Make the case there. I don't know if I believe that because he was drafted in like the bottom of the sixth round. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. It's, it's just crazy how he kind of, excuse me, how he turned that around and became literally the greatest, really, there's no argument to ever do it. I mean, it's a testament to like an insane amount of work ethic that's just admirable, in my opinion. There's nothing cooler. Like you can look at the guys like LeBron or these like just freaks of nature who's like not. Yeah, no they like came up in high you, school, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is nothing against them but no matter how hard you or i try we'll never be that yeah it's just it's just luck of the draw you know what i mean some people get that some people don't but tom brady is like really any anyone could have did that like it was just his mm-hmm. insane amount of work ethic and like dedication and it makes me wonder why so many people dislike him <laughs> you know what i mean i feel like that's the best movie you could have. like you can't make no one could have wrote that movie you know it's the I mean? most like, right it's the I mean? most like, underdog of all underdog stories i think it's fascinating just for the listeners the deck shepherds armchair expert podcast tom brady was just on there and it's just hearing someone who's really so normal it's yeah he has a work ethic and he's competitive and all that stuff that it takes to be an athlete but he's not, like you said, he's not a LeBron or a Michael Jordan. Like, he 
it's so crazy just to hear him be like, oh yeah, I just worked really hard for a really long time. And like a little bit of progress, like a little bit yeah. better every every year. And then somehow that gets him to be the best quarterback of all time. And being humble about that is just crazy to me because it's like even doing anything that I do in my life right now. It's like to some degree, we always feel like we're behind or that we're not doing enough or whatever right. enough looks like to you. What if happens if you just keep doing that thing until you're for right now, I'm 27. So it's like, what happens if I do something until I'm 35? What happens if I just keep running a little bit every day until I'm 35? Who knows? You know what I mean? It's what happens yeah. then? Or it's doing podcasts. And by the time I'm 35, what does that mean? It's all these little things that when you just embrace the long game, which it sounds hilarious because it's so many like football metaphors in, yeah. <laughs> in that. But it's if you just do that, it's like you can get a lot farther than you think you can. And it's we sell yeah. ourselves short. By just being like, I'm not as good as, you know, it's like Brady could have done that. Like he could have been like, eh, I'm not that good. Shouldn't even worry about the draft. No, but he was like, no, I'm going. <laughs> I feel like there's so there, it's really, <clears throat> at least what I think it's really interesting because there's this level of belief that mm -hmm. he had to have where he believed in himself being where clearly no <laughs> really. Okay. So what, how many teams are in the NFL? 30? I think it's 30. Whatever the number is, whatever the number is. We can Google so, it. It'll be fine. Yeah, but all of the point is all of those teams had six chances to choose him mm -hmm. and didn't. That's basically what that means. Like each team like the thought Chicago there was Bears, someone better. Yeah, the Chicago Bears had six chances to take him and we said no. Nah. And then the Pacers were like, okay, we'll take him in the bottom of the six. And it's crazy because he all those teams you can say that they didn't believe in him, but he believed coming out of Michigan saying, I'm gonna declare for the draft. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make it to the NFL. And he did. And it's, I feel like that level of belief in yourself is the most important thing. Now the work ethic is like a close number two, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But if you don't, you can work as hard as you want, but if you truly like don't believe that it's, that mm. there's anything coming after the fact, then it's all for not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause then that work ethic can be like, where are you going to focus it? It's like belief is like, the fire that starts and then the work ethic is like the honing of the blade. If you think about yeah. a blacksmith or a sword, it's like you got the fire that's already lit. And then it's just the work ethic is the thing that just refines it over time. Yeah. And I think that is such a cool idea. And, and what is it for you? Like a part of that work ethic part or not the belief, the self-belief part, like where does that come in? Is it something you're, can you create the belief if that makes sense? That's a good question. I feel like for like me personally, I've always had the belief that it's like I, whatever I put my mind to, I can achieve. Now that doesn't mean it's easy. Far from it. <laughs> like it's probably going to be the hardest shit, but like to the point where it's, yo, I really want to do that. Um, I'm going to do it yeah. or at least try my damnedest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, probably not going to happen. There is a short stint that I was like, you know what? Like when I really got into basketball, I think I was like a junior and I was like, I really want to, I really want to play basketball and see if I can make it happen. And so I was getting up at like 5 a.m. and going to go I shoot. I remember that. Yeah. And <laughs> I was really like, I'm going to do this. And so you put the work in to make it happen to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm just not that good. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just, it's just not, I'm not the LeBron. And I started, maybe if I would have started that when I was eight, mm -hmm. maybe, but since I started when I was 17 and tried to make it happen by 18, it, there's not enough work there when I didn't have that raw talent, like innate, yeah, talent yeah. or ability. It's fine. But I mean, it's so that work ethics always there, but I've always had this belief that's whatever 
you put your mind to, you can achieve. And I know that's cliche as fuck, <laughs> but I, I really do believe there's truth to that. And I don't know, I, I don't know if that's something that can be taught. I feel like some, I don't know. I know. I feel like that's not, I feel like you either have it or you don't. I've never thought of it this way, but I feel like you either have that belief or you don't. And maybe you can get by solely a strong work ethic mm -hmm. and being like, doesn't matter if I believe it or not. I just know if I do what I have to do, I'll get there. And that's fine. But when you start getting into these abstract kind of career paths and ideas, like I want to be a rapper, like, most people, the first thing that they say when you're like, yeah, I want to be a rapper, I'm like, yeah, but what are you really going to do? <laughs> but like, what's your backup plan? And I hate that question, but it's. I feel like when you hear that as people who are like, yeah, soul belief isn't enough. What are you mm -hmm. doing, though, just in case that doesn't work? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you – that's a – that's so interesting. What do you think on that? Yeah, like for me, belief is one of those things that it's almost like passion in some ways. And yeah. it's maybe they're like related, almost like completely intertwined. And I think a lot of times we pick things that we think are going to be our passions, that we believe in ourselves enough that no matter how hard it gets, that we'll keep going. And it's like what you were saying with basketball. And I, I really do agree with that, where it's like every so often you find something like even I feel like we both hit that with working out where you get really into it for a while and you get, you get all the supplements and you're like, I'm going to start doing this. And the next thing you know, you're like, maybe I'm going to start competing, whatever that like little seed that's in there. Mm -hmm. But then you get to this point where if you, if you see that like edge where you make those really quick gains, like the 80% kind of thing. And then you notice that that last 20% is really hard. Yeah. And I think the, that self, that's where self-belief comes in because you want to learn, like you crave to be, as good as to use the basketball example, like you see someone like Michael Jordan. I think someone like LeBron saw someone like Michael Jordan growing up and say, I want to be as good as him. And, and yeah. then that like fuels their self-belief that because they saw them like Michael do it, it, they like, if he did it, then so can I. And it's, and it sounds egotistical and it is a little bit, but I don't think it's like that just fuels the fire to be, as good as like the best version of them that they can. And I, yeah. and it's such a strange thing. Cause I, I don't think, cause I think there is a part of it too, is I think maybe that's just a work ethic of the king. Cause I feel like the same way, or at least when I was like picking a degree for school, I knew that if I, whatever I picked, I'd figure it out and get through it at the end. Like it didn't, <laughs> it didn't matter to me what my degree was. It was just like, I, like if I, once I set my mind to something, even if I hated it, I was going to see it through to the end somehow. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I have that ability to do it, but it's like the, the finding the thing that I really cared about is like accidental. I think a lot of times right. it's just somehow someone puts it on you and, oh, and then it's like that feeling of this is what I want to do. And it just, there's this infinite, it's not even joy, but it's just like this, no matter what it is that you're doing, it's just like you get this rush and fulfillment almost yeah it's like a weird fulfillment flow state like all those yeah. weird feelings that just no matter why you do it it's like yes and it just then, feels right yeah yeah oh actually just reminded me of a quote from mike tyson another goat yeah. <laughs> he was recently on rogan and i don't know if you know this but he's training for a exhibition fight i forget his opponent off the top of my head oh shit roy jones yes you're right that's yeah. it and so he got back on rogan 
And the previous one on Rogan, he was totally chill, like not looking to get back in the fight game. Like, I'm done with that. That's old Mike. Now I'm new Mike kind of thing. And now he's getting back in the fight game. And his like intensity is like, whoa. Like, yeah, like you could, it feels like that sharpening of the blade, like Mm -hmm. from a, from a mentality perspective of, oh yeah, he's in game mode. Like he's in, he's ready. (laughs) And, and Rogan asks him a question. He says, so what is discipline? And he says, doing something you hate, but doing it like you love it. Hmm. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty dope. I'm like, I get it. Cause it's like, you can do running, like you can know all the science and why it's healthy for you, but can you convince yourself that you love it while you're doing it? A quick answer. <laughs> uh-uh, I'm done. Uh, nope. nope. <laughs> but it's even from you, from like a music perspective, like you could do, or even writing, like you could do a verse and like, uh-uh, that didn't come out. I got to do it over again. Mm-hmm. Like you got to do things. There's a point where you just do it over and over and over. The right. repetition that grinds you in. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned this, but how you said how like you were, no matter what you picked, you'd see it through till the end. Yeah. I am not that. I am very much, if I don't care about something, then I just don't care. <laughs> and that's why the things that I'm passionate about, I know that there's something more to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I'm selective with what I put my energy into. So if I've, I just don't, if I don't find, see a purpose or it doesn't fulfill me, I, it's just hard for me to keep doing it. Cause I'm like, I, this isn't where I should put my energy into. Yeah. Now that might be like a statement of privilege, not in that sense, but like a privilege that I'm able to do that. Yeah. But it's yeah. That I, discipline. I, I do agree with you that like putting your energy into something is really important yeah. or like the things that you really care about, because I've had it, you know, people ask me about things or just being aware of it. Like, when you're in college, I think it's a lot easier just to be like, you usually don't know what your energy is going towards and what that means. But I think now that I'm older, I can just realize that it's like, Oh, if I take this energy and I'm really applied in the things that I care about, like this podcast as an example, it's okay. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be wasting my time on things that I don't really give a shit about or just waste my time as much. Right. Because that's taking away from performing here. You know, And I do get that nowadays. It was more of back then. It was like when you don't have any skills to show for it, it's okay. This is what you're signing up for. So you might as well do it and see it through to the end. Like it's part of me for, for me is like seeing it. It's my word is like really important to me. It's like a responsibility yeah. thing. If I say I'm going to do something that I'm fucking doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's like integrity. That's, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's and, important too. That, go ahead. I would, there was another part of that too. It's some of the stuff, at least with working out, it almost feels like I, I have a boxer's mentality where it's okay. I'm going to just keep getting up over and over again. I'm just going to outlast the competition. Yeah. There, there's like that other part of it. I might not be the best, but I'm going to work. I'll work hard enough to be as good as you, even though I didn't start there. Yeah. I, I like the underdog mentality. Hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. That's one of my favorite quotes i think my dad told me that really i'm pretty sure my dad told me that but that was always an important thing so that what that meant to me was like what how i interpreted that was like if you are talented in something that's fine that only means that you need to work harder than everyone else Mm -hmm. like you have that luxury you are talented don't waste it you should be working harder than you have no excuse because it's easier for you so why the hell are you not (laughs) you know what i mean like when you see these like gifted athletes and they waste it on 
partying or whatever. Yeah. They just wasted away. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you, you have it. Like, you got it. Give it to me then. <laughs> you're going to waste it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take that. Give me some. Yeah. And it's a sad thing to see when you see like a wasted potential. Um, yeah. And I hate it, man. I really hate seeing that with, with people. And when I say wasted potential, I don't mean like just people who necessarily don't get to exactly it doesn't like happen exactly how they want it to Mm -hmm. but wasted when it's it's, there's no effort yes to get there you know what i mean because like uh, like the easy win or like just want to get it handed to them to some way like yeah yeah and then it's they do have a talent at something and it's yo you can really like i see this a lot with musicians and this is more of an upsetting thing rather than a disappointment thing but Mm -hmm. you'll see these really talented musicians like in the underground scene and stuff and like on the come up and it's just not happening for them and they just yeah I'm done. There's complacent about it. Not, no, not even complacent. It's just there. It's like a sense of defeat. It's like they're at, they hit that point where it's like, it hasn't become fruitful. Oh, I see. And even though they have the talent, they're like, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. And life gets in the way. Cause like we all have to live like people have kids or whatever, millions of different things can happen. But it's just upsetting to see that because being someone that has that like belief and passion like inherently rooted in everything mm-hmm. I do I almost can never imagine a time that I'd say definitively that I'm like yeah I'm just not gonna I have to stop I don't know it's just a crazy it's a crazy thing it's like <laughs> I would I even if I never make a single dollar of writing scripts I'm going to do that yeah. like I'm going to do that <laughs> until forever. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I don't know anything else. You know what I mean? I, like, I think you're touching on something that I think most of us don't realize. And it's this innate creative process, however that looks like for you. Some people, it's writing scripts. Some people, it's doing a sport. Some people, it's doing art. I think there's like this thing that is in us that we're like almost called to do. And I know that's going to sound weird to some people, but it's like when you turn your back on that thing, then it's like your life, like it's your life turns on you and it's, you start feeling shitty. And I'm sure you felt this before. Like when you don't, do do you start feeling off and like you get grumpy or stuff like that? I'm just curious. Yeah. So two times in recent memory, when I had stopped doing music and I hadn't found screenwriting yet, Mm -hmm. I was like depressed, not even exaggerating. I was like not happy. There was because I didn't have a purpose or patch and I was just doing stuff just to do it. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was like, I haven't, I hadn't found that bridge. Mm-hmm. And finally I discovered screenwriting thanks to like you and Joe and stuff. But <clears throat> excuse me. But once I found that, it was like that passion came back and I finally circled back to music and figured out that I just wasn't doing it the way that worked for me. Mm. Um, but I, you know, started now I'm doing it again and I love it. I'm like, Oh, this is, uh, I can screenwrite and do music. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> like it, oh, it's awesome. But the second time would be actually this week mm-hmm. <laughs> because after just moving here and being busy with that stuff and like just adjusting, like all that stuff is like had less time or like the energy to sit down and create it's just been tough and granted that's that's an excuse at the end of the day but going through a move across the country and all this stuff it's, it's kind of taxing and then adjusting with the job and I haven't been creating and so like these past weeks i've felt it like on top of covid and being stuck inside like going stir crazy okay i need to make something <laughs> like, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I need to create i need to get these stories out whatever yeah and so like now it's starting to i'm starting to get back into the rhythm and stuff but yeah, dude, it's not fun. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I've definitely hit a couple walls 
during this pandemic and stuff and just with the overall like social upheaval like just sucking my energy out of me I circling back to the energy thing where it's I don't know the problems of the world were getting to me where I'm like you just see the anguish and the chaos around you and you're just like damn you want to do more but it's dude you're just one person like you gotta chill like it's <laughs> yeah. it sounds weird but it's but then i'd like sit behind my computer and i'm like i know this is what i need to be doing like working on podcasts and writing some stuff and i can actually maybe help people like contextualize some of this craziness and then it's uh, but what is it and then you get like in your own head and you're like what does it even matter blah 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 like those <laughs> stories we tell ourselves that suck away the the reason why you even started doing it in the first place yeah it's, it's weird but I think too, what you hitting on the fact that you like moved is important because it's you've you basically hit the reset button on your entire routine of your life. Even though it really didn't change per se because like you work from home and whatnot, but like mm-hmm. when you go to a new place, you have a whole new like it's up in the air again. The why the reasons you do different things at different times is totally arbitrary for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like you have to rediscover what that looks like. With, I feel like the time zone might affect some of that too. Yeah, my days are a lot earlier. That's a big thing. Cause it's so like I'm in bed at nine on the dot. Dang. If it's nine oh five, I'm like shit. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta I gotta stop everything. I'm going to sleep. You know, I don't know why it's weird, but <laughs> it's weird. But I, I, it makes sense because like it's two hours earlier here, so then it felt like later. Mm-hmm. Like back, like in Chicago, be 11. I'd be in bed by eleven. Yeah. So like, it makes sense that I'd be in bed by nine here, and then up a little earlier. And since I continued that habit, that's just the what's it called, uh, sir, circadian sir, rhythm. There you go. That <laughs> that's what I'm on now. So that in and of itself, because I'm used to working late, I'm used to doing my work. Okay, time for bed. I'm gonna sit up and write for a couple hours. But now that I'm going to sleep earlier, it's, oh, shit, do I have to do this early? Fuck, I'm a morning person. <laughs> I don't want to be that. It's like even that little bit of an adjustment. I mean, I've only been here for three weeks, but yeah, three weeks, almost a month. Yeah, I would say almost a month, roughly. Almost a month. Yeah. Alex, when did we move? <laughs> when did we move? I don't, isn't that fucked up? I don't know. When we, <laughs> I, don't know when I know, I'm laughing because I'm like, it doesn't feel that long ago. <laughs> Let, say that again. 19th okay oh damn one day left almost one left like literally a month ago (laughs) so um yeah just like just under a month that i've actually been here so it hasn't been that long but like i'm starting to get into the rhythm and Mm -hmm. find the production but even that's those three weeks before like leading up to this was tough yeah because i knew that it it literally felt like and like you were saying it felt like i was like wasting time and i was literally like okay i I moved out here i moved out here for a reason and i'm moving like Mm -hmm. that's for just beating yourself up for no reason like not allowing yourself to just be a human (laughs) yeah person i don't know i don't know i found it hard sometimes too especially i don't know just giving yourself an off day especially when it's a thing that like you're doing of your own accord like Mm -hmm. it's like you have a boss or someone who's expects you of you it's like you're doing it because you just want to do it. So right. just let yourself enjoy that as much as you can. Like, yeah. and, if you just need a day, like I've been trying to just really be mindful of that uh, lately. It's just if you just need a day to just chill and not do that, like maybe watch a couple ex- episodes of something or whatever, like then just do that. Don't yeah. like, and then don't hold yourself accountable. Be like, you could have spent that three hours or whatever it was that doing x and so like now you're like lashing yourself a second time because you 
No, you're spot on though. Breaks are important and don't beat yourself up for that. It's fine to be like, oh, I didn't do anything yesterday. Just cool. Now work next time. Yeah. <laughs> don't. It's fine. It is what it is. People need that reset. And that's why I don't take offense, but like when people are like, oh, like watching TV is a waste of time. Like playing video games is a waste of time. And I'm like, no, not necessarily. Maybe you just wanted a, a moment to like to just separate or detach mm-hmm. is probably a better word. Detach you know I mean? is probably good. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. And for someone like me, I love sports. 2K is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> It's perfect because I get that like adrenaline and love for sports at the same time that I can detach and like just let my mind for forget for a moment everything else that's going on mm-hmm. and i think that's important and i'm sure you feel that when you game and stuff or when i when it's a little different when i watch tv because then i'm like studying yeah <laughs> but it, it's like an inactive work yeah i i agree with that too it's interesting for me because i find like you said with video games or tv it's like a waste of time in quotes and i and I think there's ways to make it a waste of time, right? If you're just a vegetable on your couch and or you just spend hours and hours just playing yeah. video games, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But as someone who grew up with these things and then has tried really hard, honestly, to make them into positives, like hidden positives, they become these things that because I one is I talk with my friends, so that's like a huge social lubricant thing because it's like the one social activity that we have left playing video <laughs> yeah. games with your friends. <laughs> You're social distancing. You <laughs> can't catch the COVID through digital, at least not yet. But the other part of it for me is, is I just use it as this way of exercising and just a little bit more mastery. It's in some ways, it's not always this competitive sometimes, but a lot of times I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna hop on for a couple games and just try to be as good as I can. And if I lose, whatever. But if right. I like, if I do good, cool. And I try to give myself these little tasks that I actually gain some sort of little bit of thing that I can learn about and then apply somewhere else. And I think you can do a lot of that kind of stuff in video games if you just look like just below the surface. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's not like you're analyzing everything, but if you just yeah. spend that little bit of extra energy, it's not as useless as people make it out to be. No, it's not. And even if you, people are going to make the argument all day I that know. it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I'm like, regardless of all of that, which it's valid, but regardless of all of that, it's not a waste of time if I don't deem it as such. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't know what's going on with the person to say, I just want a couple hours to forget about my problems Yeah, and to just be entertained for a little bit. And I think that's valid. And that's why I love entertainment. I, honestly, dude, like to be straight up, I was looking just for the heck of it, looking <laughs> for like video game writer jobs out here. Yeah. Like just to see it, I'm like, that would be dope because that I, would do, be I dope. like story driven. I like stories in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't play with the group. Of, You're not like Call of Duty or Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be, but for a long time, I'm just more into the story driven games. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that would be really dope to make one or work on one. Yeah. And just see how that process is. Cause I, I know that's especially those ones with the different arcs you have, where if you do this, then the story. Yeah. Like the RPG changes. ones where it has the different. Uh, yeah. Different things you say make things different happen, or like Mass Effect. There we go. That's the best yeah, example I yeah. can think of. And so, like writing a story that intricate, mm-hmm. that would be really cool. So I was kind of just just seeing. <laughs> I wonder. So I was just looking around, and there actually are some. That's but a little off from what I want to do, but mm-hmm. it's just cool. And I think things like that, whether it's like TV or just like having a moment and just listening to music. I like doing that too. Like mm-hmm. I just chill and it's nice on the patio that we have out and it's always nice. So you can just go outside and just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's nice, man. 
I, um, I totally resonate with that stuff. Like I've really gotten super into like meditation again, give like oh, really? over the last like couple months. Yeah. Because I just really, it's, you need that like unplug when you're stuck in the same environment all day. So it's mm-hmm. like with my brother moving out, I finally moved after coming back from Colorado. I finally moved all of my work stuff up from the basement into my brother's room to use his <laughs> old desk. Right. Um, just because I'm like, okay, he's not coming back for the foreseeable future. I'm like, but I need this out of like this area down here is like the my creative space. Mm-hmm. But like having the work stuff still down here, and even though it was like in its own little section down here, it still had this mental drain where it was like I was yeah. associating this space with both work and play. Yeah. And it's, so it's, now by putting it upstairs, it's once I leave that room, it's out of my brain. Right. And it's like that mindfulness thing where by doing the guided meditations or whatever, like I use the Sam Harris app waking up and I, it's like by just doing like a 10 minute thing a day or even just trying to be more mindful of like my breath during a workout, if I'm riding my bike or something, it's like transitioning my day from work mode into whatever the rest of my day is to just like a mental that, reset. That's really cool. I think that's, I might start doing that to be honest. Even if you take a walk and you just like pay attention to your breath and put on some like your favorite chill music that you just kind of zone out on Mm -hmm. and do that for 10 minutes, you can count that as meditation in my book. Yeah. If that helps you cleanse your like attention and just you're not thinking about like an email you sent or a phone call you got to do or an email you got to respond to, leave your phone behind if you can or don't just tell yourself you can't look at it for those 10 minutes or whatever or for the song. Even if it's like a song, a three minute meditation still works. There's no such thing as like a bad meditation. Like the only bad meditation is the one you don't do. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. So it's, I don't know. I just, I've been trying to really be mindful of like, how do you change your mental state so that you can come into the next moment as fresh as you can. Yeah. So you're not bringing yeah. baggage into it. And like bringing stressors from outside things that have nothing to do with it. Yeah. And you just walk into it. Cause that's what I hate. There's more times that I can count, but like you'll sit down to write and it's and like you have like you're writing, but you're not really writing because you're thinking about something else. And you're like, no, I'm not. And I hate that. And I'm like, okay, I'm clearly not. Whatever that. You're not is, here I right now. To. Yeah, and it sucks, dude. I hate that. That's why I'm like, I envy people who can do those things like for a living because mm-hmm. then that's all they're concerned about. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm sure that has its challenges. You know what I mean? Like everything, but it's just something that I'm like, man, I cannot wait. I can't wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? For that to happen versus yeah. that be like my primary concern. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that meditation idea, like in between, I really like that. Yeah, I really try to find ways to like transition my day, especially when like my surroundings aren't changing. Cause it's like when you have these transitions in a normal work day, you go from work or from home to work and then you leave work to whatever home or the rest yeah. of your day. Like those are your transitions, but right now we don't have those transitions as much. So it's like, how do you like mentally trigger those transitions? Then it's become my thing, which actually this is like the first time I've ever been speaking about this. And I didn't really realize that it was like a thing to do (laughs) as much. It's been really important for me to do that though. It's okay. Like I have to like setting myself boundaries where it's like, all right, you have to be done with work by four 30 just for your own sake, because it's like, it's so much easier just to stay behind your computer. Like, I can get a couple more things done and blah, blah, blah. Tell yourself these things. Is that really going to do that much more? 
unless right. it, it absolutely has to get done, like whatever, it's fine. That's going to happen sometimes. But I think in most scenarios, if you protect your, your mental landscape, I don't even know if that's the right word, mental... Mental health, I guess. Yeah, I guess mental health in general, yeah. mental bandwidth, something like that. Like, I just think it's yeah. really important to just have those things, like putting those boundaries for your own life. Like, what do you need to feel at your best? Yeah. And understanding where those things are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. And uh, you don't really, so like specifically with my job, it's like, I was working remote or I am sorry, working remote regardless of COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's something where like when this happened, it literally, I like for a long time, I didn't realize how different were the world. Was. Yeah. Like it just <laughs> didn't really, cause I was like, I work from home anyway. <laughs> like I could still go to the store. The only thing that sucked was I couldn't hang out with friends or go to the bar and stuff, mm-hmm. whatever. But I didn't realize how much, how true that is when it's, you don't have that transition. Yeah. As you said. So what I realizing this now, I subconsciously, created that transition by after i was done with work out that's when i would play games uh, so okay. i'd be done with work i'd play a game or two at 2k and then be like okay now since i detached now i'm good to begin writing so i didn't even re- that's really cool that you brought that up i'm like oh fam i was doing that but just, you know but I mean? it wasn't like, like conscious that you were doing that <laughs> but like even algebra if you have stuff to do why don't you just do it and i'm like i need a break <laughs> like i need like a mental break to like not be worried about work and to be able to become be creative and like mm-hmm. like hit that flow state because if like back to back some days maybe but for the most part it just there's it's just too much like I my agree. mind is so much more focused on something else it's like switch like completely switch gears yeah it doesn't work like that for I, me at least i feel like it's two different mindsets too like most working jobs at least in the modern world are unless you're already doing a creative job but even then i think some of them do become formulaic if you're even yeah. if you're a staff writer It becomes formulaic to some degree because you're working on a thing that has a tried and true method to it. Like you're working in a team that knows how to make these things. Whereas if you're doing something like what we do in our free time, it's like we have our super formulaic job or really rigid analytical job to then just jump into being like a creative writer for as an example. It's it's two different sides of the coin. And, And I've noticed it in myself even where... I'll start texting friends as I'm finishing work and I still have a business speak in like high business emails <laughs> where it's like super like, you know, like, good morning, Jordan. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where it's like super corporate speak and you're like, Oh my God, what is it? Stop it. <laughs> like bad. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it feels That's gross hilarious. and like inauthentic. And you're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. I need to like, go on a run and listen to like, it's even weirder too, because my, even my listening patterns are different as I end my day. So it's like in, in during my day, I listen to podcasts and like the more mentally I- engaging things. And then at the end of my day, either at the gym or while I'm like finishing up the day, it's either music or audiobooks. Mm-hmm. So like it, it like switches gears where it's okay. F- like loose format audio and then scripted audio or music, depending on how burnt out I am. So it's two different styles of what I listen to, like mentally engage or scrub out the background noise of the world. It's right. really weird. I I don't notice these patterns until I, I'm like talking to you about them because it's me like dissecting them. That's, yeah. So that's interesting because so I can't listen to podcasts when I work because then I'm 
listening to, to those. They're not listening to the <laughs> podcast, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Or I'm listening too much and not working, so it's <laughs> give or take. But it sucks because it's the same thing with music because I'm so like into it, but I'm that like analytical sense that like I'll be listening to the song and then I'll be like, yo. I am just listening to this too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not even working. So I literally have to be in like quiet, Yeah, which is annoying, but it's weird too, because I can listen to music while I write. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I wonder, I'm going to dig into that. Cause I wonder yeah. why that is. So I've noticed a couple things with music specifically, or even podcasts too. So it's, if I'm trying to read something, I can't listen to podcasts because it's like the wires get crossed where it's, yeah. I'm trying to listen, but I'm also reading something at the same time. So it's like, ah, yeah. I can't focus. <laughs> Which one am I supposed to focus on? It's like you hear both right. words in your head kind of thing. It's really yeah, strange. Yeah. And then with music, if I'm working on something else, it's non-lyrical. It has to be, okay. it's either non-lyrical or it's something I've listened to a hundred times so that I can drown right. out the lyrics. <laughs> that makes sense. So it's it's really specific on that front because it's like the music there or if I'm doing something else, it's there just in the background chilling that allows me to just focus, like zone in on the thing that I'm actually doing. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Alex. Hold on. Sorry. She's working on a... Sorry. You're, you're side good. Note. Alex is working on a, a painting of Ari Lennox. I don't know if you know the artist. The um, name sounds familiar. Yeah, she's 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 big, but she's not like superstar. Mm-hmm. And so she's like right in that little groove. She signed to J Cole. Oh wow, cool. But it, yeah, but it's Alex's favorite artist, and she's drawing a, a picture of her, and it's really good. So she was like showing me that real quick. That's awesome. But anyway, <laughs> what were we? Sorry about that. What were we about music and focus? Like, how do you different things we need to like have going on to focus on stuff? Right. Yeah. So I feel like I might have said this before. I feel like I have, but. Again, it's cool because when I go to write, I'll make a playlist for a script that I'm working on. Like, depending on the tone that it is, Mm -hmm. I'll make a playlist that fits that. So I have this one playlist that's called Mad World, and it's all this, like, melancholic, depressing music. Mm -hmm. But it fits perfectly this tone of the script I'm writing. So I put that on, and no matter what's playing, I'm just like... Oh, like I'm in the, it's, it's really cool. Cause I feel like I'm submerged in it to like yeah. completely. And I'm just like, I'll put it pretty loud and I'm just going, I'm just yeah. doing it. It's really cool. So it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. cool that music can do that. You I, know I, I mean? love that. It's funny too, because I've done this for books where I've listened to playlists and then like now certain playlists I cannot listen to because I've associated with, the with book. that book. That's dope. And it's like freaking weird because it's just I, like now I just that's like that book and that playlist are like interwoven in my brain. And I'm like, yeah, like you can't do the disservice. Like <laughs> it's so weird. The, 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 yeah, it's like it's strange for me, too, because I, I really found like this affinity for lo-fi music. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about lo-fi that I just it's like the ultimate reading music for me. <laughs> right. And one of my favorite playlists right now on Spotify that I listen to late at night. There's two really. It's one is called Lo-Fi Beats and the other one is Tender. And it's okay. like Tender is more like this like melancholic, slow tempo lo-fi that's sad sometimes. Yeah. But it's I don't know if to me it's like the best reading, like late night reading music you can listen to. And some of the songs have like rain sounds and things like I don't know. Uh, send me that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send that. you that playlist. It's really yeah. good. It's one of their curated things. But I, I really enjoy that one just for like focus mode, chilling out. It's not going to distract you, but you're going to be like, oh, right. every so often cool. they're going to hit you and you're like, ooh, might give yeah. you some cool writing ideas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's so dope. 
yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool how lo-fi is really coming up. I hear like a lot more and more people getting interested in it. And I'm not that versed in it. I think you actually showed me. I, I knew what it was, but I feel like you one time we were hanging out and you were playing it, and I feel like every song I was like, "Yo, who is this?" Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool, but it's it's a cool genre. Yeah, it's different, but it's like familiar. It's not so foreign. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the beat structures, they just turn down and mm-hmm. the, the filters or whatever that they use. But it's a really cool subgenre. But it's music is one of those things for me too. Like finding those kind of subgenres helps me in my craft. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, it just gives me that, oh, that's really cool that you can do something like that and then you can implement it in your own stuff. Yeah. Um, or it just gives you different paths of thinking. And it's really cool. That's why I love, I just love art. I, like I'm really finding a huge affinity for all forms of it mm-hmm. because it's just really dope and like creatives in general, but dope to see how people express themselves in so many different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can take hip hop and then someone's like, yo, I'm going like to flip this and make it melancholic and like wavy and vibey. And now right. you have lo-fi. Yo, that's so fucking dope. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's one of the coolest things in the world. I, I love that. Like for me too, it's one of the things I, I like to find is like those people that kind of defy genre where they just blend a whole bunch of different things together. And it's, I don't know how to explain this to you, but it's dope. Like, I, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I love it's like, just listen to it and you'll understand. I love yeah. those kind of things. I don't know how to really just describe it beyond that, yeah. but like just finding those people who are just so uniquely creative in their own way. It's just so much fun for me. And it's I find I find myself doing certain things like that where I'll latch onto a genre and I forget who it was. It might have been Mike Posner on a podcast where he's trying to create the thing that I hear in my head. But the whole point of me creating the song is getting as close to what it should sound like in my brain and trying to get to that. But I'll never actually get to that perfect sound. Wow. And I'm like, damn, that's totally it. Like I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. You know, like we, really we cool. all have this thing that we want to be doing and you have this vision of it. Like I bet Alex, if we asked Alex, if she paints it, is that exactly what you expect? She's like, no, but it's 95 or 98% there. And so it's if you, I don't know, I just find it such a cool uh, way of explaining creativity because I, I think we all have that. And it circles back yeah. all the way to the beginning. Yeah, it definitely does. And I'm stuck on that because that's, I'm, glad that i'm not the only one who thought that i would like hear something <laughs> in my head or like even even like dreaming i'll mm. sometimes like i'll either come up with a story one or two i'll so i can't freestyle like i i can't like off the top of my head i can't i'm not good at that oh, really? but in my dream in my dreams i'm like fucking the best <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm just like coming up with verses off the top of my head and i'm like yo this is sick and then you try to wake up and write it down and I'm like, no, that's not what it was. Like, what, how did it go exactly? And like, you can never find it exactly, but you can get close. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool that it's like, he wants to find the as close as possible to how it is like within him. Yeah. That's super dope. I love that. Like I've noticed that myself, even like writing or like I've had, I've even done a little bit of Ableton to do my own music work. I don't know if you've heard of Ableton or, or you probably yeah. met people who use yeah. it. The next stage is buying a MIDI keyboard. Haven't done that yet, but I will. And I, I really want to start making my own kind of, not beats per se, but like just transition music or background music for intros or different things. And, yeah. and it's part of that is because I've found this affinity for lo-fi. It's, I imagine it's like, because I do that when I read or listen to things, 
I want to immerse people in that in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> that's dope. And but like, no, that's dope. how do you make, so this is how I think about songs in a weird way. It's like, how do you instill a feeling or a tone? So it's like, what does curiosity sound like in a song? Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I think about. I'm like, how do you like give that like little bit of like, what does feeding curiosity sound like as a song? That's what I start right. thinking about. And I bet you would love that, like, <laughs> no, but that's going to be a never ending question. <laughs> like you're like, you're going to always, you can put something out. Yeah, that's it. Let's try this. And that's the fun part of it. You know what I mean? Cause you just keep finding ways to express how curiosity sounds to you. Mm-hmm. which is dope that can even be like you can even correlate those things but like, what does curiosity sound like to you and then this cool lo-fi beat comes on <laughs> you know what I mean? that's how you interpret it you know what i mean or however but it's so dope <laughs> i just love this chase of trying to i don't even know create something that sounds like the thing that you're you, like sounds like this thing that might represent for more than just you i don't know does that make sense yeah like, I bet you get that, as especially performing on stage, right? To have written lyrics and then to see the crowd light up yeah. because of what you're doing. That's got to be so special. <laughs> right, yeah. It's one of the best feelings ever. That's one thing I miss so much. Not only performing, going to shows, too, because COVID. Um, yeah. I, wa- I miss live music at this point, like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. That might be the hardest thing for me with COVID not being able mm-hmm. to go to like live shows. Cause I, yeah. And like almost recently too, I wasn't really into going to shows. So much. like the first concert I ever been to, I performed at. So like when I was growing up, I didn't go to a lot of concerts. And then just in the past several years, like maybe three or four years, I got into going to a lot of shows and I love it. I don't, I don't know. Nothing to me, nothing beats that experience. Like music in the headphones and stuff or in mm-hmm. the car is cool. But like seeing the musician, like, well, plus I think you found some element. of the best live artists um, yeah. on the yeah. planet <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh that might be a part of it too because there's some live performers that i've seen and i'm like uh, cool like whatever but i have yet to see a performer a live performer better than they are because just other i can't I, words won't do it justice at least my <laughs> words won't like yeah. when everything opens up again if you haven't seen Tosh, please even if you don't appreciate their music that much just go see them live <laughs> that's all i can say i don't know <laughs> that's all i can say i just want to um, go back when they're back at when red rocks opens again i don't know who's playing but that's like way up on the list yeah we need to make a trip <laughs> we need to go see your brother and i'll go see a show at red rocks yes i'm totally down for that yeah that'd be <laughs> awesome this, that show like so i felt dumb as shit because so we got the was the general admission tickets right yeah and it's confusing how it's laid out at red rocks um it's a huge amphitheater and the general admission is like all the way at the top mm-hmm. and then there's like a middle section but that's reserve seating and then all the way in the front is like the rest of the general admission. Mm. And I think it's like the first five rows, like you have to pay for, but then it's like row six through 12 is general admission. Got and it. then okay. it's 13 through whatever is reserved. And then the back half is general admission. So we get there early and we took, when we saw Tosh and we sit in the middle, I might've described this already, but we sit in the middle and we're there and it's, oh, these seats are perfect. Like not too close, not too far, like center stage, like perfect seats. And these people come up and clearly we're smoking a lot. <laughs> so we're like just in it. We're just completely focused on the music. And these people come up to, hey, you're in our seats. And we're all just like red eyed, like, huh? <laughs> like and so like we end up having to get up 
and then we finally find like a security person and they're like oh yeah general admissions either down there up there and we're like yo we could have been the first couple of rows at this point the place is packed and it's like impossible to walk down so we end up having to go like way up and we're sitting far and at first we're like damn this sucks like we're not even we can't even see anything but even being that far up i was like this is the best show i've ever been <laughs> like it was just it was amazing that's it was awesome. so cool it makes sense why the reserve seating would be in the middle at our amphitheater but coming from chicago that would not be intuitive to you at all yeah there's, because there's no like the rows if they did you can't see them because it's dark so we're just walking and we're like is it just you sit anywhere like that's because right. that's what it looked like nothing was roped off or anything it was just mm-hmm. like an open seating so we we're like okay i guess we just sit anywhere <laughs> so i don't know yeah oh, well. that, that's interesting yeah i wouldn't have thought anything else especially if you're, you're smoking there's no way you're not that, that probably had a lot more to do with it <laughs> just, this seems like where we're supposed to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure that played a part yeah <laughs> but uh dang i miss music yeah. i want to go see something live now <laughs> yeah. seriously man i can't that's i think the number one thing i'm looking forward to among others but that's just an experience like you can't like i don't even like recording too much mm-hmm. at shows because i feel like it takes away from the experience of just being there i totally agree um, i was gonna say just like being completely immersed and yeah it's nice to have the video after and playing it but it's never as good you know what I mean? And it like doesn't do it justice at all. Right. And so you might as well be completely there and just like in it and use up. Hey, Alex, record this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's bogus, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. There's nothing like it seeing like an artist in their element. Yeah. You know? I completely agree with that. I've actually noticed two, two separate things. The first one is like with my camera. So I have a DSLR. And I brought that to Colorado when I visited my brother two weeks ago. And one thing I noticed that I really enjoyed about having a camera like a DSLR or just if you just have any digital camera or any camera that's not your phone on you, I found myself actually enjoying the fact of having a camera that wasn't my phone on me because I won. I I couldn't hold my phone and my, you know, camera at the same time. So my phone basically stayed in my pocket for the most of it. And then I have to you know, download those photos to a computer and edit them. Like you don't have to edit them, but I do it because it's like, if I have, if you can do this, yeah. might as well do it all the way right. again, circling all the way back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, I find myself appreciating it even more because you might as well take pictures because then you can remember these memories mm-hmm. and it's not like fo- the photo isn't there because like you're more focused on taking a photo, like for the gram, like you're mm-hmm. there trying to capture the essence of that experience. So I'm taking landscape photos or I'm taking photos of the dog because the dogs are like that. (laughs) (laughs) And And so it's like this really fun experience for me that I found myself like enjoying the process of appreciating because it takes more work to get it to you. And it's not like, it's not because it's like some vanity thing of, I'm guessing I'm going to post these on Facebook or whatever. It was more of, I want to be able to take these photos so that when I want to go back, or when I do go back, it's I have these things to like either reference because I can go see that again, or I have just these like richer memories because of the extra right. effort that go into it. And then right. the other part is I do agree with the music thing, except I took a ton of videos while I saw Angel and Aries live because that was the first time they had played live in nine years. And oh, gotcha. I had never thought I'd see them live. They're 
pretty he's pretty historically that band is like a studio band like they don't really oh, okay. do live stuff and so the fact that i even got to go was like whoa like one of those moments and you know how like most music like live music is like a banger like it's like a party yeah. and like when mm-hmm. music gets loud everyone rushes to the front of the stage this is the only concert i've been to and this is at the house of blues in chicago and uh, oh is that house of blues yeah cool it was really it was so dope i went by myself too like so that's like a whole nother thing and to me like for me to go there it was the coolest thing because people weren't there because of not just because of the music but it's because they resonated with the lyrics to a point where it's like everybody listened to those songs so much they could sing along word for word and they were just in the zone you know what i mean does that make sense like i don't know like i get it (laughs) i I, I feel like you get it because you're like a music like junkie like me where it's Mm. like there's like lyrics mean something and they mean a lot especially when you resonate super deeply about it and it's i don't know it just felt like this like super surreal moment of like just being there and experiencing it with oh yeah these are my people like these are (laughs) people that enjoy this music just as much as i do when it's normally like listening to a band especially a studio band it's like you and the music. Mm-hmm. That know. is really cool. It was so no, much fun. <laughs> that's cool. It's, I forget how big of a following they had. Cause like, I know angels, angels and airwaves clearly not as much as like you or Ben, but I've known about it. I didn't know that they didn't tour often. Yeah. Um, I think they would like the last time they toured was like 2004 or something like that. That's crazy. I didn't know that, but that's such a treat. That's really dope. Yeah. And it sucks because it's, it's, uh, what is it? Not bittersweet. Double-edged sword. Yes. <laughs> um, because it's like, when you do see them, it's like such a treat because it's mm-hmm. not often. But then at the same time, you're like, damn, I wish I could see them. You're probably not going to get another chance. That's you, why I did it. You know I was I mean? like, fuck it. I'm, I got to go. There's right. no, like, they're coming to Chicago and it's House of Blues, like, totally, like, super small, intimate venue. Totally worth it. And I'm, like, That's sitting so next to a poster that's signed by the whole band, right? Literally right next to me. It's, like, right here on the wall. <laughs> and it's just having that little thing of, here's this. It's weird. It's not weird, but it's music has been this thing for me that's, like, a focusing thing, especially when I was younger. And it's, I never really considered myself as, like, creative for a very long time, at least not in the traditional sense. But for some reason, music holds this, like, really special place in like my creative like self where I would resonate like super emotionally to music where it's I don't know music would allow me to feel things that in my normal life like as a like scientist engineer type person a super analytical person I couldn't go there and so listening to like angels and airwaves would like let me feel certain things and so it's like when I had some sort of like mental anguish I could listen to those songs and be like release that and it would make things okay mentally. Right. It, it, it's, it's like a, it holds this really special place that I can still do to this day. It's if I just need to like a mental pick me up, I can put on like an album of those songs or just like a playlist. And it's like immediately I'm back. Like it's yeah. wild. <laughs> I know. Literally, I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. I, I, I bet a lot of people do too that are like really into music. Everyone has that's into music has that one album or one artist or whatever mm-hmm. it be. That's whether when you're going through it or you're just stressed and you're just like, man, <laughs> you just put them on. You know what I mean? And yep. just everything's good. Like for me, I, I have several, but like I would say May. Oh, definitely May. May for sure is one, <laughs> which is cool because I saw them live um, no last way. year. 
That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, and it was a cool show. Really cool show. I talked to Dave a little bit, the, the lead singer. talked to him a little bit, and mm-hmm. that was really cool. Really nice guy. But that was cool because I had listened to them for years and never got a chance to see him. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I'm like, oh, shit, this is dope. Um, and then J. Cole yep. would probably be the other one. And, like, specifically his album, Friday Night Lights. Okay. If I'm really just, like, going through it, I just put that on from track one and just let it play through, and it's just, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like all, all is right good. in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's cool, but it's cool how music can have that effect on you. And I was going to ask after seeing angels and airwaves, did you get like a deeper appreciation for them? Definitely. After seeing them live. Yeah. yeah. Like I got a really deep appreciation of Tom and he's like a consummate creative. He's just the kind of person that always wants to put his own, push his own creative edge. Like, the fact that he became part of Blink-22 and it became the super punk band that it became in the early 90s and stuff, and then he had to leave that behind and whatnot. And it's like being able to see him live. I saw him once in Riot at Riot Fest, but I was still pretty young. I think I was like 19, so it didn't mean as much. I was more of like a party thing than anything yeah. else, but it still meant a lot. But to see Angels, though, because of how I deeply resonate with most of those songs like i can sing along to probably like most of them if not all of them (laughs) like it's it was like this thing that was like surreal like it's like a thing i never planned on being able to go do and then i was like oh wow that actually happened and it was like i especially too it's normally when you go see music live you you go see it with a friend or like a group of friends Mm -hmm. and this was so important to me that i did it on my own I, yeah. I asked Ben to go, but he was still in St. Louis at the time. And so it just didn't uh, work out. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm not waiting because I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just had to go. And then he even played some songs from Blink, like Always and I like uh, Remember and stuff like that. Yeah. But he played That's them. Dope. He played them acoustic <laughs> solo on stage. And it's like that That's little, cool. it's that little thing that he did. Because he didn't have his other bandmates from Angels be on stage to play those songs. Because he could have done that. He could have had them learn those songs and play them on stage like they'd always been played. But he respects both Tom and Travis enough to let it be what it was. You know what I mean? That's really cool. You know, I, I don't know if that's exact, but that's I don't know if that's true because I don't I didn't ask him obviously, but I feel yeah. like that's why he did that. I'm sure that's part. I'm sure that played into it. For sure. I, like That's how I think about it. Like, if you have these yeah. bandmates that you still respect and care about and you wrote those songs together and it's like part of your legacy, you're not going to dishonor that by playing it on stage with, with your new another, band. With <laughs> another band, yeah. That is disrespectful. So I just thought that was really cool to, to have that too, to just have him be on stage and sing these songs that we all listen to in high school and stuff and just yeah. resonate with. I don't know. It's, it's so surreal. And I did a whole podcast where I pulled the audio and like talked over it. Yeah, yeah. It's there. So people are interested in hearing some of my raw thoughts. Like, I think they did that like a couple days later and it was totally raw. Just like, here's clips and talking about it. And and I'm a fanboy. (laughs) 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 Basically, it was, it's just fun for me. I love music. It's one of the coolest things. Like, one of the best forms of art out there because it's, I don't, I have yet to meet someone who's like, I don't like music. Yeah. I don't have you. I don't know. I don't think they exist. <laughs> like not off the top of my head. Many, <laughs> there's too many different forms and variations. And then even in specific genres, different forms, like you have in rock itself, you can go from mm-hmm. like Metallica to angels and airwaves. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, like in, then in hip hop too, you can go from J Cole to like 
little Uzi. You know what right. I mean? It, it's just there's literally something for everyone, and it's always constantly growing and yeah. changing. It's always evolving and, into something new. <laughs> and I feel like it's one of the purest forms of expression. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's. I mean, it's crazy, right? Like you have most songs are around two two and a half minutes to three minutes long and they can make you feel anything from pump you up and make you angry and want to throw a TV out your window or make you a sobbing baby or an every emotion in between. Like (laughs) literally like it's, it's wild. And it's, I think NF in one of his albums said it in like one of his like interlude songs where it's, I have people who come up to me and say that they know me It's they resonate so deeply with the lyrics that they like see themselves in him by the words he sings. And it's yeah. Like, it's like music makes you feel more like connected to more than just your own struggles. And it's almost when you find that song that speaks to you, it's so nice because not only is it like, oh man, that's just refreshing and it helps you figure out your own things, but it's also like refreshing and almost like a weight off your shoulders because you're like, oh, someone else knows exactly what I'm going through. Like, I'm not alone. It's just feeling not being alone, and that's how you get that feeling. Like, I feel like I know them. Like, I personally feel like I've known J. Cole my whole life. I've never (laughs) met the guy. You know what I mean? Like, but literally, if I met him, I feel like, it. I don't know, it's just crazy, and I don't, I even with, like, film, I don't think it's possible in any other really form of art to reach that sense of connection. You know what I mean? just with a widespread and then again back to the live shows and then to like share that feeling with a crowd of like however many people hundreds thousands of people right and you guys are all feeling this like i've made friends at shows just yo like we're looking at each other and just bro you know what i mean like, <laughs> it's you know, we're in it bro we're in it right. it's, just, it's like such a dope awesome feeling uh, man like i don't know nothing i can't think of anything that beats that feeling like to be honest yeah it's, it's really dope and then to so from my point of view being on stage and i obviously haven't had anything that yeah and i mean my music isn't known where someone's yo bro thank you like it's not at that point yet <laughs> but even like on the smallest scale possible like just in the moment people like looking and like you can see that it clicks with them mm-hmm. and they're like oh and then like you're with them there's like a connection that's there that is indescribable but it's like a beautiful thing because you're sharing a moment with someone that you've never met and potentially will never see again. Yeah. But you're sharing this like intimate moment and it's, you're speaking to them and they get it. You know, I don't know. It's just, that's so dope. dope. I love that. And speaking of all this music stuff too, for all those music nerds out there, go listen to dissect podcast. It's one of, if not the best, it is like probably the quintessential music podcast. The yeah. newest season just started with Childish Gambino. Yeah, because the internet. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. The layers of just creative depth in that whole album is just Yeah. I'm like blown away cuz yeah. I really only know Childish Gambino because you couldn't find his music like really online anywhere for the longest time. Right. And uh, so I really only know him as Troy from Community. And then he kind of blew up a little bit. I forget what that song, America. What is it? I forget the. Oh, more recently, this is America. Yeah, yeah this is America. I wasn't sure. I was. I knew it was like a word, but I couldn't remember what word it was. But the <laughs> this is America song uh, in the music video really put that song really on the map because uh, yeah. it's provocative. But I don't know. He just seems like this this really deep thinker and creative that embeds so much meaning in his music. And so if you're just a fan of his music or have heard of him. It's definitely worth looking into that because yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
that I love that podcast. My favorite one they did was to pimp a butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. The dude, I don't know how he picks up on this. I don't know if he like Cole like, Krishna, the, the, the yeah, narrator. Got, yeah, I don't know how Cole picks up. I don't know if he just like is that in tune to be able to pick up on like why artists are doing certain things. But it's really cool for people who make music or just fans. Like it's it's like really cool insights into mm-hmm. how artists like why they do what they do. I, I it makes me appreciate music so much more because instead of just yeah. being lyrics and to a beat, it's whoa, like yeah, it's here's not, why. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's way more going on behind the scenes there, buddy. Yeah, it's yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like. It's <laughs> It's awesome. It's one of my favorite things to do. I really love like pulling back the curtain and digging into the processes of like why people say the things they say or what was their meaning. And it's not to say that there's a right meaning, but it's like trying to understand who that artist was and like what they're embedding into their thing. I really just enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah. Me too, man. It's so much fun. I was, I've been like trying to see if the next episode for, Dissect was out. I'm like refreshing. I'm like, is it here? Is it, not, not, is it not out yet? The third I one started. I haven't started this one. The third but... one is out. I was trying to see if the fourth one was out yet. I was like, <laughs> I've been, I've been <laughs> like, on that. <laughs> right. See, like with with dissect, what I love doing is like listening to the episode, and then I'll go and then listen to the song. Ooh, that's such a cool. You know, just to get like the full context. It's awesome. Yeah. Go listen to it. <laughs> I mean, it, it really gave me a whole level, another level of appreciation for Kendrick Lamar. We, me and you were going back and forth with To Pimp a Butterfly when you showed me that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. But uh, dude, we're already over an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, damn. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> As we do normally. <laughs> I know. It just goes. <laughs> we hit record and it's just gone. <laughs> Started at Tom Brady and at Cole Kushner. <laughs> dissecting music i actually don't yeah. know how we went from tom brady to music but we did it we know that it's not broken we can still do these things over the internet <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> all right dude Hell yeah. i'm gonna let you go and do your thing but all right man it was good hearing from you yeah this is so much fun and as always jordan chris yep. thanks peace out boom i wanted to take some time here and talk about how you, the listeners, can support Feeding Curiosity. I've always believed in providing more content to whoever listens to this of value than what you'd ever pay for. I don't like the idea of having to sponsor myself with products I don't use or believe in. If it's something I use and believe in, then sure. I will talk about it and I will do everything I can to do that. And I've done that on this podcast before. Not sponsored, but I've talked about many products that I believe in. But in the aims of choosing to create a new model that I believe in and that we should all be striving for is breaking ourselves away from the subsidized model that ads provide. And so with that, we have turned on the uh, anchor.fm support structure which allows you, the listener, to subscribe to our content at the level of your choosing. That is either a $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Meaning that you, the listener, and me, the creator, can be transparent about how much value you see in our content. And by doing so, that allows me to have more resources to ever increase the quality of this content. 
And that's not to say I won't be doing this anyways, but it breaks me out of the loop of having to worry about those things because there is a lot of time that goes into this podcast, but I love it. And I hope that by you choosing to support the podcast, you know how much I care about the quality of this content. And so with that, everyone, thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoy.